0: The Movement Church is all about passionate people who build authentic relationships to reach limitless potential and serves Orange County, California. For more information, visit us online at theocmovement.com. We hope you enjoy this message from the Movement. Well, good morning! Welcome to the Movement Church. We're so excited that you are here this morning. My name is Megan. My husband, Kerry, and I are the lead pastors here at the Movement Church. And he is actually preaching in Redlands today, way up there, hanging out with one of our friend's churches, and he is sharing at Citizens Church. So I get to be here with you this morning, and I'm excited to see what God has to do. Are you excited to be at church this morning? We're going to talk today about rhythm. (laughs) Some of us have got it. Some of us don't. Rhythm, rhythm. I want to read to you a scripture found in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. And this is in the message version. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythm of grace. I won't let anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. <sighs> Isn't that a good verse? We're talking about grace. And today, if I was to title the message, I would say today we're talking about the unforced rhythms of grace. We just came out of a series called Shades of Gray, and we entered into this series, Shades of Grace. If you have missed anything, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast. A series is kind of like a good book, and every chapter keeps leading up to something else. So if you've missed week one and week two, go back and listen and hear what we've been sharing about the message of grace. But today, we're going to talk about the unforced rhythm of grace. And so I want to take a minute just before we get started, and especially to recover from the dance party that we just had up here in this place. I want to take a minute and pray. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Dear Jesus, I come before you right now. God, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you that you love church. God, I thank you that it's okay to have fun in church. And God, as we get started today talking about grace, Lord, I pray that you would open every one of our hearts to the message that you have for us. God, that we would truly begin to understand what that scripture means when it says the unforced rhythms of grace. And God, we would walk in the free gift that you offered us of your unmerited favor, of your undeserved grace. God, I thank you for what you're doing in this place. I just invite you here in the name of Jesus, amen say amen. That just means I agree. For those of you who don't understand Christianese, that's just something we say to say, I agree. I'm with you in this. So I am excited to start sharing this series. And as I was getting ready to talk about rhythm and to talk about grace, uh, not only was I preparing for the awesome dance party that just took place. Thank you for all of your participation, especially those of you up here that really got into it. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah, you should give yourself a pat on the back. as I was preparing for this, I was thinking about babies. Has anybody in the room ever had a baby? I can't see you all very well, a few of you, okay? Have any of you ever been around babies? Okay, it's hopefully everyone. At some point of time. Some of you are like I don't like babies. And that's great. I'm glad you're in here today because we have some incredible people who serve in our kids' ministry who love our babies. And they're taking great care of them this morning. Yes, that's right. I think that that's a volunteer for our kids' ministry screaming right now. And we are so proud of you. You're awesome. So I love babies. I I don't know if I would ever choose willingly to go back to the baby stage. Um, My girls are 6 and 11, and I like it there's a lot of new things to deal with as they get older and enter into their teenage years and hormones are going crazy and all of that kind of stuff you've got to juggle. But you know the thing I do not miss? I do not miss changing diapers at all. I hated changing diapers, especially poopy diapers. And and my uh, my, This is a totally rabbit trailing. I need to get back on track. My dog just had gross, disgusting diarrhea all over my house last Wednesday morning. And we were having prayer at our house to pray for you. You're welcome. And so while everyone was in my living room praying, I was on my hands and knees in my daughter's room cleaning up. I can't even say the word because it makes me... Ugh. So I don't miss that about babies at all. I don't know why we got a dog, but, but I don't miss that about babies. But you know the thing I love about babies is that when they walk around and all they have on is their cute little diaper and, and their little white soft skin that just always smells good. The diaper part doesn't smell good, but their skin always smells good, right? They walk around and, and their little diapers or they toddle around and crawl around in their little diapers, and they're just so cute. Have you ever heard that phrase, like, I just want to eat you up? Yeah, which is kind of weird, but we all say it because it's just like, oh, they're so cute. And so they're they're just the most adorable things. But the thing I've learned about babies is that even if they can't walk and even if they can't talk, if a song comes on that has a little bit of a beat, those little babies that can't walk or talk yet will grab the coffee table or whatever's in their reach and pull themselves up to a standing position and their little baby buns just start to bounce to the beat. Have you seen it? You know what I'm talking about? They're little baby buns. They just bounce, and they just go with the beat of the song. And, they're, and it, you, you think, oh, my goodness, my child is a prodigy. Like, they can dance. This is going to be amazing when really every baby does this, right? And, and so the thing about babies is that they just have this natural rhythm, don't they? It is proof that rhythm is within us. Rhythm is within us. Now, what I'm not saying is that everyone can dance, okay? Um, I think that was obvious. (laughs) Not everyone can dance, or at least that's obvious at every wedding you have ever attended. Don't lie. You've stood to the back going, oh, they probably shouldn't be out there. Either that or you were out there and someone was saying, oh, they probably shouldn't be out there. I'm not saying everyone can dance, but what I'm saying is rhythm is within us. You and I were designed with rhythm. We were designed to live in an environment of rhythm. Rhythm. Of, of rhythm and pace. This is how God designed us. You see, he is the rhythm maker. And he gave us this internal rhythm. The beat of our heart has rhythm. Our calendar is rhythmic. It has pace. It has routine. God designed night. He designed day. He designed minutes and moments and hours and weeks and months and years there are conclusions to things. There are beginnings to things. God designed our environment with rhythm, with routine, with pace. You see rhythm or pace is essential to a healthy life. It's essential to a healthy life. You know, last week Pastor Carey talked a lot about grace and he went back to the very very beginning. Let's start at the very beginning. Anybody? A very good place to start. Okay, so we're going to go back there right now. You ready? Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created rhythm. In the beginning. Genesis 1.5 says, and there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. Genesis 1.8 says, and there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. And there was evening, and there was morning, the third day. And there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. Just the very fact of the repetition of the same words over and over again shows us that God created rhythm, right? God created it. If you put a beat to that, you could probably rock a beat to that. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day, right? There's rhythm in the beginning from the very beginning of time, the rhythm of day and night, the rhythm of numbers. God designed it. So what I want to talk about is what Pastor Kerry talked a little bit about last week. In the very beginning, in the very beginning, the book of Genesis, when God created the world, he created it with this perfect pace and rhythm. He created it with this perfect pace and rhythm. And Adam and Eve were the first humans that he ever created. And he set them in this perfect environment called Eden. And as he set up this perfect place with the perfect environment, the weather was always perfect. The weather was always, there was always just the right amount of a cool breeze blowing through the gardens. There was just the right amount of food provided on the trees and growing from the ground. He set them up with this incredible, perfect environment. And in that perfect environment, God gave them one. Everybody say one. One rule. That's it. He gave them one rule and the reason he gave it to them, the reason he created it is because God creates choice because there's no love. If there is no choice, God gave them a choice. He created this one rule that they were to not touch One tree. So here they are in this perfect environment, walking around naked outside. How amazing and freeing would that have been, right? And they're walking, you guys are, are you with me this morning? Like that would have been amazing, right? And freeing and not awkward because it was perfect, right? And so they're walking around outside naked in this garden with the most perfect weather you could ever imagine, probably hammocks hanging from the trees as they gazed at the sun and the birds flew over their heads. And they had this perfect food that they ate and there was never a thing like calories that caused us to gain weight no it was just perfect and they had one rule not to touch the one tree but true to our nature right we always want the one thing that we're not supposed to have don't we can we just pause for a minute has that ever really worked out for anyone when we go after the one thing that we're not supposed to have, has that ever really worked out in someone's favor? I'm just saying. So here are Adam and Eve, and they do wrong. They miss the mark. They sin. The very first choice that they make, and sin enters the world, and that perfect, amazing environment is compromised, right? It's compromised. All of a sudden, that rhythm That pace, that perfection that God created the world to be is compromised. And we see in Genesis chapter 3, verse 7, it says this. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. See, they didn't know before. It wasn't awkward. They knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths, which is underwear, for those of you who need the translation. They sewed fig leaves together, and they made underwear why why what is happening here in this perfect environment the rhythm the pace the plan the purpose has been compromised it's been compromised and now toil and angst and stress and shame enters the world it enters the world and what happens adam and eve immediately withdraw They immediately withdraw and they hide because now they have recognized that they themselves are insufficient. They've recognized, oh my goodness, I have done something that has compromised this perfect environment. And so they withdraw, whether in shame or in fear or whatever it might have been, they withdraw and they begin to toil and they begin to stress and they begin to strive to create something to protect them from the choice that they made, right? They're sewing leaves together. I can't sew fabric together. I can't imagine how they were sewing leaves together to make underwear, right? How awkward and uncomfortable would that be? Are you guys with me this morning? This is good stuff that the Bible has for us. It's very interesting, isn't it? And so here they are and they're striving and they're working to create, to try to create a solution for this problem that they've created. And then God comes walking through the garden. And why is he walking? Because he wants to walk with his creation. Speaking of rhythm, he wants to walk with his creation. But Adam and Eve are hiding in an attempt to cover themselves. They're hiding in an attempt to disguise the shame that they're feeling. They're hiding because they're striving to make things right again. And I think from that moment on, we have been trying as the human race to get our groove back to get our rhythm back to try to recover this peaceful place not just physically but internally in the deepest crevices of who we are in our mind and our will and our emotions and that's where Jesus comes in that's why we need grace right week 1 we talked about grace and we described what grace is it's the the undeserved unmerited favor of God. See, when Adam and Eve tasted of that tree, I think they unlocked something, just an awareness of self. And and they began to do things on their own where in the past they had walked with God and everything was taken care of for them. And now they've discovered this self-sufficient mindset where they feel like they have to take the weight of this upon themselves. And so they start striving and toiling and stressing and feeling shame. And that's where jesus comes in now granted it's later in the bible but god sent his son jesus to bring grace which is free there's nothing that we can do to strive for it there's nothing that we can do to accomplish it for ourselves it's the free gift of god to each and every one of us But if you weren't here in week one, you need to listen to the podcast because we talked about this. That I can never know the sufficiency of God's grace until I come to terms with my own insufficiency. Until I come to terms with my own insufficiency. Listen, this has never been more challenging than right now in 2015. This has never been more challenging than in this fast-paced world that we live in. You know, from the invention of probably the microwave, there have been invention after invention after creation after creation to try to speed things up and give us more time. But what do we do with that more time? We fill it with something else, don't we? We're just constantly moving and constantly doing and constantly striving and constantly walking in this stress-filled life. You know, I was reading and study for this in the Huffington Post, and a man named Greg Kutzona wrote an article, and he explained it like this. He said, because we are so wired in today, we're so wired in with emails and text messages and social media, we are actually, our brains are at an an artificial state of crisis continually. That fight and flight mechanism that we've all heard about and learned about actually seems to be constantly functioning in all of us, constantly functioning in all of us. And what that does is it creates this artificial, this state of crisis in our minds. And he said this, that most people are walking around in a perpetual state of partial attention. I thought, wow, that's interesting because isn't that just the life that we lead in 2015? You know, we used to go to work and sit at a desk and work at that desk and then leave our work and come home to be at home. But now our work is on our phones and on our iPads and our desk has become our phones and our iPads and we work out of Starbucks and we work in the car even though you're not supposed to text while you're driving. We use the voice text mechanism, don't we? And we get home and we sit down for dinner and we pick up our phones and we are constantly wired in. And we wonder why we live at a constant state of crisis. See, life is best lived in the right rhythm. It's what drummers call getting in the groove. As a drummer, when you're feeling the rhythm so deeply that you're almost obligated to just stay in it, it's not too fast. It's not too slow. This is why you can watch musicians, and they can just play for hours when they get in the groove, right? Because they're so in the groove that time doesn't matter anymore. They're just there in the moment, and they're flowing with it, and they're not tired, and they're not hungry because they're just they're in the groove, so in this busyness and chaos that's become the normality of all of our lives, how do we get our groove back? How do we get our groove back? How's Stella get our groove back? <laughs> I think number one is we find rhythm or we find our groove by stopping to listen to the ultimate space of silence. Psalm 46.10 said, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. But how awkward is even that stillness? Because most of us don't sit still for the two seconds that I just paused in my message, do we? When we look at a little child and we say, Come on, just be still, and they freeze. And then two seconds later, they're moving and grabbing and touching everything. My Avery, every store we go into, I just spilled water all over myself. (laughs) Every store we go into, she's touching everything. And I'll go, Avery, be still. And She'll go, okay. And touching and doing everything. Because we don't know what it is to truly be still. To be still and know that he is God. You know, the Oxford literary professor and a Christian spiritual writer, his name was C.S. Lewis, and he said this, listen carefully, it comes the very moment you wake up each morning, all your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. And the first job each morning consists simply of shoving them all back in listening to that other voice, taking that other point of view letting that other larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in, and so on, all day, standing back from all your natural fussings and frettings and coming in out of the wind. What is he saying? He's saying if we want to find a groove, if we want to find peace in the midst of busyness, we have to practice being still, not just when we come to the end of our rope, A lot of us, when we get to the end of our rope, we'll be be still, throw up our arms and say, I just can't do it anymore, God, right? But in the meantime, until we've hit the end of our ropes, we're striving, and we're working, and we're stressing, and we're worrying, and we just don't know what to do because we just can't be still, Because we think that we have to do all of this on our own. We've trained ourselves just to keep pushing through, just keep pushing through Monday through Saturday, running at a rapid pace, feeling the chaos, either in our lack of purpose or in our overstimulated lives. And then we pause for Sundays and we go, I hope that Pastor Kerry has a good word today. I hope that he's funny because I need to laugh. I know if Megan's preaching, she's probably not going to be that funny. So I hope that Pastor Carrie is preaching because I just need to laugh. I hope Jeremy sings a good song that makes me feel good today. And we pause for this brief second. I hope, and that is if we decide that church is the best answer for us that day. But wait. Isn't this what God designed us for? We are still we are still trying to sow leaves together. We're still trying to sow leaves together and hide in the bushes with hopes that things will all work out, with hopes that things will get better. But we're striving and we're told toiling and we are stressing and we are worrying and we are carrying this weight because we're just hoping that if we keep pushing through, things will all work out. We say, I'm going to keep striving. I'm going to keep working hard to measure up. I'm going to keep answering those emails. I'm going to avoid that difficult conversation. I'm going to continue comparing myself through the lens of social media. I'm going to continue worrying about that diagnosis. I'm going to continue just surviving in my marriage. And we just go, pushing through and then we go oh you know what i need i just need to get away i just need to get away from it all i need to go to maui <sighs> that's the best reaction you have given me all day is when i said i need to go to maui <sighs> what's amazing is sometimes you can get away and not get away and it's like jesus knew in matthew eleven twenty eight, he said are you tired are you worn out burned out on religion, come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and learn to live freely and lightly. It's like Jesus knew what we were going to be facing in 2015. It's like he knew. See, when we're disconnected from God, we're disconnected from the rhythm maker. We're disconnected from the one who actually puts your soul at rest, at the proper place and pace. And here's the thing. You might have a great life. And maybe you're in this room and you have the perfect schedule and you have the dream job. And maybe you have a great body and you eat kale and quinoa all day, every day. And you are doing good and you love your family and you've got great kids and you have this wonderful family life. But you know what? You can have all of that and still be out of rhythm in your soul. God brings pace and rhythm to your soul. You know, when Eugene Peterson wrote the message version of the Bible, he's been uh, criticized so many times for changing the actual language. But I think I can understand where he came up with this idea of unforced rhythm of grace. I think I can understand that. And so I want to break it down for you by looking at the ESV. And it says this. This is the words from the, the ESV scripture. It says, come to me See, in that original language, the yoke, a yoke refers to a wooden beam that was normally used between a pair of oxen or other animals, enabling them to pull together a load when working in pairs and plowing a field. In the, in the ancient times, old, older rabbis used to use the word yoke in reference to the yoke of the law or the yoke of the commandments. And this was a message that was taught for hundreds and hundreds of years, and it was often very intimidating, which you and I can get, because if I'm yoked to the law, to the commandments, that means that if I am not keeping all of them, then I am not making any progress or moving forward, and that's a lot of pressure to measure up to, right? So that's what used to be taught, and then Jesus comes on the scene, and he starts talking about this new yoke, this new kind of yoke, and he describes it as easy and light, and he invites us to walk with him. And people are like, what? How could this yoke be easy and light? But let me explain to you back in the days when farmers used to get the the oxen to plow their field and put this yoke upon the two oxen to take the plow through the field to prepare it. It would have made no sense for the farmer to go to market and spend tons of money on two strong, mature, amazing oxen. Because then they're spending tons of money to get two incredibly strong, mature, well-and-ready beasts, right? But no, what they used to do is go and spend a lot of money on one strong, mature oxen and another, a littler amount of money, on an immature, a younger maybe weaker oxen right and they would put them together and put this yoke upon their neck and send them out to plow the field and what would happen is that for a little while the younger oxen would try to bite at the at the plow try to pull at the harness try to do some things until finally he realized that wasn't going to work and the older oxen just started setting the pace or maybe the younger oxen just was so sure of himself just thought, I can do this, I can plow this food, and just started running. But the older, more mature, wiser, stronger oxen kept the pace. And they were able to plow the field. Can you see where I'm going with this? God has called you to a field. Not to every field that comes your way, but God has created you unique with a purpose every single one of you. And he's placed some things in your hands, whether it is a gift or a skill, a talent that you can put to use, whether it's your family or your job, God has placed some things in your hands and he's trusted you with a field. And he said, this is what's before you. And you can walk in this and find fulfillment. You can find accomplishment. And can I just add that part of that thing that he's placed inside of you is a purpose and a destiny that he hopes for you to accomplish. And it's It's always tied to the house of God. Can I just throw that out there? If you haven't jumped on the dream team yet, can I throw it out there that you might be striving and working and making excuses of saying I'm too busy for that when really that's the divine purpose and rhythm that you were created to operate in? Just maybe. And here's the thing. God's made himself available to you to come alongside of you and help set a pace that is peaceful that is restful, and that is truly fulfilling. See, walking with Jesus offers us a pace and a peace. And peace is a product of pace. Isn't it interesting how close those words are? This pace is like a rhythm, the unforced rhythm of grace. See, rhythm is so necessary to our life. It's no surprise that in war, one of the tortures used in war is to rob prisoners of rhythm. To not let them know when night or when day is. To not let them know what hour it is or what month it is. Why? Because that actually makes someone get so stressed out at a cycle level that they'll break. Because rhythm is crucial to all of us. Rhythm is described in Wikipedia, the divine place of knowledge, as a regular reoccurring motion. Rhythm is designed as described as a regular recurring motion. See, rhythm on the inside is predicated by that which is regular, constant, and consistent. So, to find rhythm, we must find a constant, and consistent, and faithful source. But so much of life is, un- is, un- is unpredictable. Have you seen that? Have you experienced that? We think our marriage is always going to be there, and then suddenly divorce. We think our friends are always going to be there and suddenly they they turn their back. We think a loved one is always going to be there and then suddenly they pass away. We think our job is always going to be there and then suddenly it changes. But we need this regular recurring motion. So we insulate ourselves with what we think will be reoccurring, but there's no promises. There's no promises with our job. There's no promises with our family. There's no promises with our friends. There's no promises with the things that we try to accumulate. There's no promises with those things because in a second, it can change. So, what do we yoke ourselves to? How do we create a rhythm that is constant, that is faithful? See, Jesus is the only true source for the rhythm of our soul. He is the only constant. The scripture says he was the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has the same beat of love, grace, mercy, compassion, strength, yesterday, today, and forever. He is the only constant thing in our life. He is the only thing that we can yoke ourselves to, that we can count on the fact that it will not change. He's the only thing. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. Let's read it again. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me, to him, the constant. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Listen to this. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. I heard this from a great preacher that I love. His name's Judah Smith. And he just said it like this, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. There's rhythm there. We learn the unforced rhythms of grace. When we walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. I've been saying this to myself over and over again. This morning when I woke up and both of my kids were sick and Pastor Kerry was driving to the Redlands to go and preach and my back got thrown out last night and I could hardly stand up and I'm sitting there in bed thinking, how am I going to get up and preach today? And I heard those words in my head again. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. The only true source of our power and our strength comes from Jesus, who is the one constant and the one faithful in our life. When we try to run too fast, he slows us down. When we head the wrong direction, he turns us around. When we're weak, he's strong. Listen, a little over eight years ago, I sat in a hospital room as we chose to take my dad off life support. He had been fighting cancer for three and a half years. His lung had completely collapsed and there was not any hope of it coming back. And he was breathing through a machine and we knew that wasn't the life that he wanted. And so we sat around and we said our goodbyes and we hugged him and we held his hand. And then we watched as he left this earth and went to be with Jesus. And I remember, I remember sitting in the chapel, my head and my knees And I thought, how am I functioning? How am I functioning right now? And then I realized, this is grace. This is what people talk about when they talk about grace. Why? Because when I'm weak, he is strong. His grace is sufficient for me. When I yoke myself to the one constant, to who God is, not to the people in my life, not to the job that I have, not to the talent that I possess. When I yoke myself to the one constant in daily rhythm, to the one constant who is Jesus Christ. When I yoke myself like those oxen were yoked together. When I am the weak one, he is the strong one. And that is grace. When I struggle with temptation and sin and I want to turn and go the opposite direction, if I have yoked myself to the one constant, if I've yoked myself to the one who is faithful, who is Jesus Christ, if I've yoked myself to him, then when I start to turn to go the wrong way, he pulls me back on track and we continue plowing the field that God has entrusted us with. That is grace. That is grace. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. You know, I'm going to skip ahead in my scriptures. And I'm going to close it out with this. In Matthew chapter 6, 27, Jesus deals with our human condition, with our stress, with our anxiety, with our fear, with our lack of rhythm. And it says this in Matthew 6, chapter 27 through 33. Has anyone, by fussing in front of the mirror, ever gotten taller by so much as of an inch? I think there's a great musician that said, did you have something about being taller and a baller? How's that go, Jeremy? Wish I was a little bit taller. Wish I was a baller. (laughs) Ha ha, right? That wasn't Jesus, but I swear he stole that from him. (sighs) All this time and money wasted. Can I regain today? Can I draw you back in? All this time and money wasted on fashion, girls. Do you think it makes that much difference? Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out into the fields and look at the wildflowers. They never primp or shop, but have you ever seen color and design quite like it? The 10 best-dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside of them. If God gives such attention to the appearance of the wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you? Hmm. Take pride in you. Don't you think he'll do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is get you to relax. Everybody take a deep breath with me. Relax. Listen. Don't be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. Can I say that again? Don't be so preoccupied with getting so that you can actually pause and respond to God's giving. Hmm. People who don't know God and the way he works. They fuss over all these things. But listen, he's talking to you. He's talking to the Christ follower. He's talking to the person that says, I am a Christian. I am a Christ follower. But you know both God and how he works. So steep your life in God reality, God initiative, Steep your life in God reality. Get on the same track, plowing the same field that God has intended for you to plow. Stop picking up the pieces in all these other places. Hey, listen, stop saying yes to everything because you're afraid you're going to let somebody down. Stop saying no to everything because you think you don't have the time. Get on track with God's initiative, with God's plan, with his purpose, with the field that he's called for you to plow. And listen, don't worry about missing out. Hey, that fear of missing out, F O M O, that is a real thing, y'all. That fear of missing out, we're so afraid we're gonna miss something so we'd never slow down. You'll find out that all your everyday human concerns will be met. Listen, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Right now. Right now not what you're eating for lunch, not when you're going to get to the beach. I promise I'm almost finished. Not what work holds for you tomorrow. Not what that difficult conversation looks like that you're supposed to have on Thursday. Give all your attention to what God is doing. When right now we're not promised tomorrow and tomorrow has enough worries of its own. Give all your attention to what God is doing right now. And listen, don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. But right now, be here right now. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Those are the words of Jesus for you and for me. And maybe you walked in the doors and you walked in carrying a heavy weight. Maybe you're walking through some intense struggles and all you can do is worry walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. God has the answer. He has the provision. He's already a step ahead of you. He's got this, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Maybe you find yourself stressed and overwhelmed because you never slow down long enough to be still. And today you need to put into practice what it looks like to be still and know that he is God to be still. What does that mean? It means stop everything else you're doing. Put aside all the other distractions. Some of you need to learn what it looks like to actually open up your Bible or your Bible app and read the scripture and say, God, speak to me. And if you don't know how to do it, we've got people who are here to help. Why? Because we have to get this rhythm in our life and it only comes from the one, the rhythm maker, the one who is constant, the one who is faithful, the one who never changes, the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The one who promises to be our strength when we are weak, who promises to give us hope when we are hopeless, who promises to fight our fear when we are afraid. We have to begin to get back in rhythm and to do that we have got to be still. Slow down. Stop worrying so much. Stop trying to carry the weight upon your own shoulders because you can't know the grace of God, the sufficient grace of God until we come to terms with our own insufficiency. Grace is the fact that we can't do it, so he will. Grace is the fact that we can't do it, so he will. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Every day. He's available, ready and waiting for you and for me to come and to be still and to spend time and to say, God, what do you want to do in my life today? How do you want me to be kind to that person who's so unkind? How do you want me to have faith for the provision that I'm so scared is not going to come? How do you want me to go into my job and carry all these responsibilities? And he says, I'll help you. I'll give you the strength to do it. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. His grace is sufficient for you. For me. Maybe you're in the room this morning and all of this is new. Maybe you've wrestled with the idea of faith. Maybe the message of grace is is a new concept for you. There's no other religion in the world that offers grace, unmerited, undeserved favor of God. There's no other religion in the world that says you don't have to work for it. You just have to know that he is enough. You see, the scripture says in Revelations that Jesus stands at the door and he knocks. It's almost like a rhythm, isn't it? He stands at the door and he knocks And he says, anyone who would hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. Maybe you've been searching endlessly for peace. You've been searching endlessly to answer the questions of the whys and the whats. Let me tell you, he's your answer. And he stands at the door and he knocks. And maybe you feel so separated from God and you say, I couldn't possibly measure up. But that's the whole idea. We can't. His grace is sufficient. It's the free gift of God, listen, for all who believe. The scripture says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, then you'll be saved. And in that moment, we yoke ourselves to a constant, to a God who says, I'm with you, who says, I'm for you, who says it doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't even matter where you think you're going. I'm with you. Let me lead. Let me be strong enough. Let me set the pace. Let me bring you peace. So maybe you've never made the decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life. And today's the day. Or maybe you've just run the opposite direction and it's time to come back. I'm going to pray a prayer with you right now as we close out service. And I'm going to ask every person in this room to pray out loud with me. We're not going to single anybody out. And if that's you, and you need to make a decision today to surrender your life to Christ, as you say those words, would you just mean it in your heart? And let's start taking the steps to walk with him, work with him, watch how he does it. Amen? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Dear God, everybody repeat after me. Dear God, I know that I sinned. I know that I make mistakes every day. I know that there's been moments I'm filled with doubt. But today, I choose to believe. Thank you for giving your son, Jesus, to die on that cross, to pay the price for my sin. Now, everybody in this room, say this loudly and clearly. Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. Find out more about us at theocmovement.com. Or we'd love to meet you in person this Sunday. Till next time, Orange County.